Hey, this is Todd and Julie Mullen, senior pastors here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to join for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Come on, if those stats don't get you excited today, I don't know what you're going to care about on this Sunday. Can we just take a moment and thank God together for the last year? Come on, for every salvation, for every baptism, for every man, woman, and child walking through the door. Church, we have so much to celebrate. And in part, that's what this weekend is all about, just celebrating the faithfulness of God. Come on, how many of you know we are sitting in a church that is dramatically different than it was just one year ago? This church is dramatically different than it was one year ago, all because of this vision that God has given us to what? Get there first. That's what we've been called to do as a church. And you've probably heard us say this, you've probably heard it today, but we believe that in the race to the heart of the next generation, the first one there wins. And this vision is not even just about Christ fellowship. This is like, we want Jesus to win that race. We, we wanna make sure that Jesus is getting to the heart of the next generation. And so as much as it depends on us, we wanna see this vision come to fruition. Because we looked up a little more than a year ago and realized that the church wasn't winning the race to the heart of the next generation. Culture was winning that race. The enemy, in many ways, winning that race. And so the Lord has given each and every one of us, it's not ours, it's ours. The Lord has given each and every one of us this rally cry through our pastors to get there first. And so at least in our church, as much as it depends on us, we wanna do anything and everything that we can to reach the next generation for Jesus, which is very biblical, by the way. <laughs> that, that's kind of what this whole church thing is really all about. We, we gather today to celebrate and to worship a God of generations. Continually, scripture will talk about how God is the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, right? God thinks generationally. Even sometimes when we don't, God moves generationally. And, and so God designed the church of Jesus Christ to be the place where every tribe and tongue and nation is represented, but also every generation gathered under the banner of Jesus. This is the primary way that God works. It's about passing our faith on to the next generation. And so it's our collective responsibility to make sure that the next generation knows Jesus. You know, so many people in the last year have stepped up to this call to be a part of this vision to get there first. I think about Matt, who's a kids volunteer here at our gardens location, and uh, Pastor Hannah, who's in our elementary environment, tracked him down, she's really persistent. And uh, Matt's 23 years old, he was invited to serve, and he eagerly jumped in, and now he's an elementary group leader, making a difference in the lives of kids every single week. Can I just tell you, real men serving kids ministry? I'm just gonna let you know. But it takes every single one of us stepping up to the call of God on our lives. We need more mats. We need each and every person within our body to step up and take their place as we pour into the next generation. And I just wanna take a moment today to stop and to say thank you. I wanna say thank you 
to each and every person who serves and invests in our kids, in our students, in our young adults. The, the investment that you're making is going to pay eternal dividends. And, and we very literally could not do it without you. I, I think of people, my wife and I have been at Christ Fellowship for, for almost 14 years, and there are people serving in Royal Palm student ministry who were there before I got there. Like they've been serving longer than we've been around. They were with us on night one. They were with us but before we showed up, right? And I'm sure they'll be here long after we go. So some people have been making this investment for years and years and years, but many have stepped up to fulfill this call of God on their lives and on our church. I think of Gus in Port St. Lucie who serves faithfully with CF students every single week. I think of Brenda Mullen serving our elementary kids up in Port St. Lucie and investing in their lives. If you've never been out to Okeechobee and met Mr. Ernie, you, you, you haven't been to Okeechobee. Like he is the man investing in our kids at least twice a week, teaching them. All the way up in Vero, I think about Miss Rachel making a difference in the hearts and lives. And I, there's so many more, so many of you. I could go campus by campus and talk about the difference that you're making. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You'll never know this side of eternity, the difference that you're making in people's lives and we could not do it without you. You might know that, that Gen Z is actually the largest generation in history. That, that means that there are more people right now, part of the population of planet Earth who are part of Gen Z than any other generation before them. And Gen Alpha, who's coming right behind them, that's everybody born since 2010, are on track to be the largest population of the planet, the largest generation in history. And so while there are a lot of, of places you could go around the world where people maybe haven't heard the name of Jesus or they, they don't have scripture in their language or they, they might be considered an unreached people group, I wanna tell you the next generation right here right now is the largest unreached people group. We have so many opportunities to bring the gospel to kids and students and people who need it most. It's the, it's the biggest opportunity for the church to advance the gospel of Jesus and the kingdom of heaven. And so what I believe is this, God has mobilized us, each and every one of us, as missionaries to reach the next generation for Jesus. You, I, you might not have known this morning when you woke up, but you are a missionary and you have been called by God to reach the next generation for Jesus. And, and thanks be to God, like you don't have to get a passport, you don't have to jump on a plane, you don't have to go to another nation. Actually, right here, right now, you can be a missionary to reach the next generation for Jesus because we, we meet people every week who've never heard his name before. It, it reminds me of the scripture in Romans chapter 10. It says this. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, which many of us believe and would say yes and amen, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? That's us. We, we, we've got to tell them. We've got to make sure that they hear. The, that same section of scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. You and I have the privilege of delivering the gospel to the next generation. And so you might remember a weekend about a year ago when Pastor Todd and Julie first rolled out this vision from the Lord. 
And Pastor Julie taught on 2 Kings where the, the king is frustrated because his enemy, the Israelites, they, they keep defeating his army in battle. Even though they were smaller, they had less resources, they shouldn't be winning. But every time they made a plan, it was foiled because God's people kept getting there first. 2 Kings 6 says this, this enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and he demanded of them, tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? He thinks they've got a spy in the camp. And they tell him, none of us. None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, who is the prophet in Israel, he tells the king of Israel the very words that you speak in your bedroom. And so the prophet of the Lord was revealing the battle plans of the enemy he, Elisha would tell the king of Israel the plans and intentions of the enemy, and therefore God's people were always one step ahead of the enemy. And, and so this king, he sends his soldiers to confront uh, Elisha. And, and so when the king wakes up, or when Elisha wakes up in the morning, he's surrounded by soldiers and horses and chariots, and his servant begins to panic, and he asks Elisha, the prophet, what are we gonna do? I love this verse, 2 Kings 6, 16 and 17. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And so Elisha prayed, open his eyes so that the, he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant eyes and he looked and he saw the hills were full of horses and chariots and fire all around us. See, in that moment, the servant's eyes were opened and he understood that this was not primarily a physical battle. This was a spiritual one. The Lord had surrounded them with an angelic army that was gonna help them face this threat right in front of him. And because the servant was standing next to Elisha, he got to see something that he never would have seen otherwise. Because the prophet was there to show him the way and to pray for him and to help him, he now saw with spiritual eyes what was really happening. And so Pastor Julie asked this question, what will they see because they stood next to me? What will the next generation see because they stood next to you? There's an opportunity for you to step up and get a front row seat to what God is doing in a generation. There, there are stories represented here behind me. And I know some of you very well, and I know others not as much, but what God has done in the lives of even just these people. Chris, I think of you, man, showing up at Young Adults and being a part of that community, but then investing in Santi and his life group, right? Every single week, you're making a difference. Uh, Emily, I think of you. I've heard your story of moving here to Florida and getting connected and jumping all in with groups and, and classes. Reese, I think of you. And God's hand is on your life. God has called you to ministry and you're wrestling with this sense of what does that mean? Like your church, we're, we're here for you. I think of the ghouls. You guys have been around forever. Like <laughs> you, uh, you might've been born in this church. I'm not sure. But the way that you're stepping up now and serving and leading and worship and pouring it, it's unbelievable. What God, I believe in each and every single one of you, what God is doing in your life is just such a small representation of what God is doing in our church. And I, I want to invite you to be a part uh, of the investment in the next generation, to get a front row seat of what God is doing in a generation. And I can tell you a lot of stories, but I've got one that you need to hear today. Watch this. When 
I first heard about Get There First, I just remember seeing how passionate Pastor Sal and Julie were about just this vision and all of the things that went behind it. I had no idea about the impact that it would make on my family. We started to see that Aiden's personality was changing. Some of his habits were changing and just his demeanor. And so we really had to just pray that God would just speak to him, that he would have his own encounter with God that would do something so radical for him that turning back would be so undesirable. And I said, well, camp is next week. So we got, we got an option. We can send him to camp and then hope that God does something. God, the timing of camp cannot be a coincidence. Will you please place him around people who care for him and will bring life around him again? I pray that he leans in and hears you speak to him. We are believing for these next few days to mark him in some way. I did not have any expectation going into camp. I feel like I really hit rock bottom. I had seen people up front, you know, jumping and dancing, and I used to be like that and just thinking about it. I realized as I got older, I just sunk and sunk. Night three is where everything changed. Everybody's bawling their eyes out. And I'm just standing there with my head down, just scratching, looking around like, I don't really feel anything. Let me try at least once. So I put my head down, I was like, hey, God, I haven't talked to you in a while. Like, I feel like something needs to change. And then I just felt like a flush, a wave fell over me. And I went to go talk to my group leader. Sean was my village leader. And for the first time in a while, I just started crying uncontrollably and I just told him everything that I had gone through over the past few months. To have someone I'm, I didn't know 48 hours ago, just to say that they praying for me and him praying over me really changed my perspective. God, thank you for being with Aiden and I tonight. I pray that you will encounter him on his path through movement camp and through the rest of his journey in life so that he understands the vision you have set forth for him. When we picked him up on Thursday, we did not get back the same kid. We got back revival, literally. He just was bursting at the seams with joy of what the Lord had done for him. I started getting involved in the church. I cracked open my Bible more. I started to go to sober recovery. One day in service, I was talking to a couple that we know and love by the name of Jen and Lin Ann. But when it came to get there first, they knew that they had to go a little bit deeper for the next generation. I know they joined the Get There First prayer team and they would always pray for our family. And though we're not related by blood, they care for us as if we were. And they knew that they needed to be praying for Aiden specifically. And so their prayers was way beyond Aiden that we could have asked for. Dear Jesus, I lift up Aiden today. Help him to grow in his relationship with you by being faithful and reading your word daily. And Lord, give him the courage to live for you in school and be a witness to others. Give him pastors, leaders, and teachers to look up to. Guide him in his call and purpose. And then came college retreat. I knew I had to go to college retreat because I knew I had to figure out where God wanted me to go. I had conversations with student pastors that gave me practical steps to love God. Hearing Aiden talk about called retreat, it took my breath away. It really did. Because here he was headed in the complete opposite direction. And it just completely confirmed that through every single moment, God had something for him. 
seeing how much care and intentionality went into creating a space where he could have his own relationship with God, where my kids could grow and flourish. There are things that I couldn't do as a parent that the church was equipped to do. If it wasn't for Sean, Jenny Lillian, my stepdad, my mom, everybody who just prayed for me, people who gave for heart for the house, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I am now. What I see because of the people I stand next to is hope. That's something that is a call to all of us to go and move towards the next generation, to go and to fight for them. You need to stand in with them. So unbelievably happy and overjoyed that I get to be a part of a church that cares for kids and our kids, our family, in this way. So if we're going to get there first, it's going to take all of us. Come on, somebody. What, what a testimony. And Aiden represents thousands, literally thousands of kids and students whose lives have been radically impacted by the Holy Spirit. We, we, we see second and third graders running to the altars during our summer camps, kneeling and crying out for God in the second grade. We've, we've seen our kids hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit for the first time during revival nights this year. We, our high school and middle school students during movement camp and, and their summer mission trips, they are experiencing the call of God on their, on their lives. I mean, it's stirring within them. Our young adults, man, revival broke out at their spiritual retreat just a couple weeks ago. Man, and all of that is carrying into our weekly gatherings and we're just getting started. We, we told you uh, last year, we stood on this platform last year and said, get there first. It is not just a vision for 2023 or for 2024, that it's actually a new game plan that God is giving our church. It's, it's gonna forever change our church. It's gonna change the, the spiritual DNA of who we are. I came across these stats this week that talks about uh, Gen Z and Gen Alpha that Pastor Ryan just mentioned, and it says that they deal with more anxiety and depression than any other generation. That because of their social media, online dependency, they don't know how to relate to real people. And, and this was a, a, the title of an Inc. INC magazine article. It said, new poll reveals Gen Z is anxious, distrustful, and often downright miserable. Can I tell you? We don't care what some poll says about the next generation. We care what God says about the next generation. And we're gonna declare that over their lives. We're gonna prophesy that over who they are. And we know what God says. God says that in the last days, I'm gonna pour my spirit out on this next generation. My sons and my daughters are actually gonna prophesy. That's what God said. God says, for I know the plans I have for them, declares the Lord. Plan not to harm them, but to prosper them and to give them a hope and a future. So as a church, we're gonna do everything that we possibly can do to help them walk in that hope, to experience that future, right? We're gonna equip them and we're gonna prepare them to be the prophets and the priests that God says that they are so that they can boldly declare God's truth over their generation, so that they're not influenced by the world, but they actually, through the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, they begin to influence their world in Jesus' name, amen? So this year, we're actually gonna build on the foundations that we very deliberately and intentionally laid this current year. 
See, it was only a year ago that we stood on this platform and said, man, we have this vision in our hearts that we're collectively gonna run hard after this generation. And one of the things that we said that we were gonna do is we said that we were gonna start this thing called CF Kids University that it was gonna be this dynamic, midweek, creative, transformative environment where your child is gonna learn how the ways of God and they're gonna understand who they are in God. And now today, we have thousands of kids every week uh, knowing what God says about them so that they don't listen to what the world says about them. We have thousands of kids learning how to pray and how to read the word of God. And by the way, I wanna shout out to all the Dream Team members that serve in our kids' ministry. Man, every Sunday, every midweek, it's amazing. A couple parents, a couple parents wrote and told us this. They said, since my kids started attending, they now ask for worship music to be played in the car and they pull out their Bibles so that we can have Bible time together as a family. The kids are actually influencing mom and dad. I love that. Another mom wrote, said, coming to CF Kids has helped my son Sammy realize that he wants to be a pastor one day to tell everybody about Jesus. I love that in the second grade, he already knows what he's doing, where he's going. Like God's marked him. And so this year, we're just gonna keep building on these foundations that we've laid. We're gonna impact more kids in the ways of God than we have before. And by the way, it's not too late for you to get your kid here on Wednesday night to CF Kids University. And you may think, well, it's busy. We, we, got, we got a lot going on on midweek, Todd. We're, I don't know if we have time for that. Can I tell you what you don't have time for? Parent, you do not have time to deal with the consequences of your child growing up and not knowing God. You don't have time to deal with the consequences of them not knowing who God is says they are and letting what the world tries to put on them stay on them. That's what you don't have time for. Mom and dad, the most important thing you can possibly do is not make sure your child has a well-balanced life, great education, is great at sports and plays little league. That is not what God has asked you to do. All those things are fine. We want them to have an education, sports are great, that's great. But the most important thing that God has assigned you to do with your child is help them learn how to walk with God how to know his voice, how to encounter his presence. That is, that's your greatest assignment. And by the way, that's on you. The church is just here to help you get there. But that is your responsibility as a parent. And we are here to help you to do that. Because when you do that, man, that's gonna anchor their lives. That no matter what storms might blow, and there will be some storms that will blow in their life, they will not blow away. There will be a foundation that the world cannot possibly give them. Not even sports can give them that. In fact, I ran across this stat this week that says this. It says, there is a 0.0296% chance that your child will play in the Super Bowl <laughs> or soccer, whatever. But there is a 100% chance that your child will stand before God. So let's get our priorities right, mom and dad, amen. We're gonna help you get it. And some of you that are clapping right now, woo! some of y'all need to sign up and help us do it. Because you care about running this race into the heart of the next generation. In fact, some of you are enraged at what you are seeing in culture and what you're seeing take place in the public school system. Did you know that here, when you actually invest here in the kids, you're actually doing something about it instead of tweeting about it or posting about it. You're actually making a difference in their lives. Just a thought, that's free. Okay, 
Last year, we also told you that we were gonna get into more schools through our strategic partnerships with First Priority and Fellowship of Christian Athletes and a, and a ministry called Game Day that's actually in the elementary schools. And so this year, uh, we've been resourcing Christian teachers and student leaders in their school to host um, Jesus-centered gatherings before and after school. And we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids gathering, praying with each other, praying for each other. And can I tell you, it is changing the schools that they're in. One of our key partnerships this past year has been JFK Middle School in Riviera Beach, right here where we live. And uh, every week we're working with sixth graders and seventh graders and eighth graders and we're helping, we're giving them the principles and the, and the foundations from the word of God all through John Maxwell's I Lead curriculum. So it's kind of like this covert, we're telling them what, what God says about them, and it's awesome. And we're actually a covenant partner with this school. The school asked us to sign a contract with them that we would be their faith-based partner, which means we're one of the first ones they call when there's some need that they've got going on in their school, and they have been calling us to step up. We're stepping through those doors in Jesus' name. Also this past year, we said we're gonna start some family mission trips so that mom and dad and the kids can actually go serve together. And we've been doing that locally here in the state of Florida and also some international trips for that. And God has been moving as parents are having these spiritual conversation with their kids and they're serving side by side. And um, Pastor Travis and Jenny up at our Port St. Lucie campus, hey PSL, how you doing? You guys good up there? Okay. Uh, Travis said it was one of the most impactful times he had with his kids serving together. And he wrote me this, he said, over the years, I've had some significant spiritual moments with my kids, but never have I had a more meaningful interaction with my family than when we were in Belle Glade. God laid on my heart a specific scripture for each of my kids, speaking that scripture over them and praying over them as tears ran down my face and theirs was a moment I'll take to the grave. How powerful is that, man? And we're gonna be creating even more opportunities for you, mom and dad, to actually have these spiritual moments with your kids. And by the way, this weekend, you can actually sign up for some family mission trips that we've got planned for you. I wish I had time to tell you about um, uh, the parent training and the marriage enrichment that we have planned this year. We're up in the game in this area because those are the two areas that you tell us all the time you need some more help in. And so we wanna help you with those things. I wish I had time to tell you about our Christ Fellowship Southeastern University. Most of you know we got a, a four-year accredited program through uh, Southeastern University over Lakeland right here where we've got 140 full-time students this year that are, that are growing themselves up, getting ready for their, for their career as we're preparing them for their calling. And so you may not know this, but you can actually jump into school right here and get degrees in business and uh, 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 ministry and leadership and worship and social services and education. And I started thinking, man, what if we, what if we had 540 kids? What if we had 840 kids? What if we had 1,040 kids? That every day we were investing in their lives during such a pivotal time of their lives. I believe it would not only change them, but it would change everything that they step into. So that's just a few things that we've been doing in this race to get there first. But for a minute, I wanna go back to the, to the story in 2 Kings that Pastor Ryan referenced. And he talked about the very end of the story when uh, the Syrian king had tracked down Elisha 
and his servant in, in a town called Dotham. And the servant wakes up. He was the first one to go out and he looked around and he was probably going out picking up the morning paper or whatever. And he looked up and he saw like this crowd, uh, this army that had them surrounded, horses and chariots everywhere. And he's like, oh Lord, Elisha, help me. And this is what he seemed defeated. But the prophet says in verse 16, look at this verse again. He says, don't be Afraid, say that next part with me out loud. There are more for us than against us. Say that again. There are more for us than against us. Can I tell you, all of heaven is for us. All of heaven is running this race with us, cheering us on to pass our faith on to the next generation. It may look overwhelming when you look at culture, when you look at what we're up against, when you look at what this generation is up against, but can I tell you, God's not worried. No, 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 all of heaven is for us. And then Elisha prayed in verse 17, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he looked up and he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. So it may look like we're surrounded, but we're surrounded by the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is fighting this battle for us. And Julie said this, she said, I love that the servant was not reprimanded for his lack of faith but he was actually rewarded because of who he stood next to. He wasn't reprimanded because he didn't have faith. He was actually rewarded because he stood who he stood next to. And that is a whole sermon within itself for you. Who are you standing next to, right? Can't go there right now. But, but, but he saw what Elisha saw, not because of his own faith, but because of his proximity to a person of great faith. And that was what led us to ask the question, what will they see? because they're standing next to you and me. What, what, are, they, what are they gonna see? Which, which reminds us that this vision of get there first, it is not the church's vision or a student ministry vision or a kids ministry, young adult vision. This is our collective vision. If you are a part of the church of Jesus Christ, this is on you. This is our responsibility together. And so, I wanna challenge you with two things. Two things that many of us are doing, but I wanna challenge you to up your game. The, the hour is late, it's too, it's too desperate for us to kind of be casual or half-hearted about this. Two things I'm asking you to do. The first thing is this, I'm asking you to pass the spiritual baton. We are in a holy relay race. And relay races are won or lost in the exchange zone. Either the person passing it doesn't pass it well, doesn't make sure that the next person has a grip on it, they're just kind of casual about it, or the other people don't know how to pick it up, how to run with it. And so in this season, we are going to make sure we're not just tossing our faith around, well, they should know better. No, we're gonna pass it to them well. We're gonna, it says in Psalm 145 that one generation will tell the next generation about the goodness of God. That means you, whatever, that's not just a, a, a scripture for old people, that's for all of us, because all of us have a generation that's coming behind us, amen? If you're in your 30s, you've got some 20 year olds coming behind you. If you're in your 20s, you've got, you've got some high school students, some middle school students that are looking up to you. If you're in your 40s, man, 50s, you've got a lot to offer some young adults and some students that are just wanting someone to pour into them. If you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, man, you have so much uh, wisdom and godly experience that we all need. We need you to pass it on. So we're gonna pass the spiritual baton. You're gonna pick it up and you're gonna pass it. And the second thing is we're all gonna pray 
like we've never prayed before. Because this is a spiritual battle. It's not going to be won, won because of a program. It's going to be won in the spirit. So, so pray. Parents, pray with your kids. If they don't want to pray, pray with your kids. Write prayers and stick it under their mattress. Do whatever you got to do. Kids, when your parents say, let's pray, don't resist them. Pray. Pray. Okay, pray, right? And all of us are going to pray for our spiritual sons and daughters. We, we launched this last year where every kid's being prayed for. You can text the word pray first to 441441. You can get a child's name and his age, first name and age. I want every child being lifted up, every student being lifted up. My, my child is Elijah. Elijah, if you're listening, I've been praying for you all year and I'm not stopping. I'm gonna call your name out before heaven that you will walk in the destiny God has for you. So what will they see because they stand next to us? I pray they're gonna see a church that is united around their calling and their purpose and their faith and them walking in their spiritual destiny, people that were willing to fight on their knees for their faith and what God has put on their lives. I'm gonna lead us in a word of prayer and then I've asked our teams to come and sing this declaration over us together. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that your word is so clear to us on what we're called to do and who we're called to be. And I pray in Jesus' name that we as a church would rally around everything you've called us to in this season because it's gonna mark eternity. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to those of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything that we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.